Hey, y'all. It's me, Jess Bubbico, and I am excited to be here with you on the Waking Up with Jess podcast. Each week, I'll invite you to wake up to your inner knowingness, get creative, and march to the beat of your own drum in your business and life. We'll dive into different subject areas from business to health to work, relationships, and beyond. On the podcast, we'll get raw, honest, and real, keeping it a little bit personal, a little bit educational, and most importantly, we're going to have a lot of fun. Each episode, you'll feel like you're sitting down at a coffee shop having an intimate conversation with a few of your best friends. Join me each week as I act as your confidant and friend who loves the heck out of you and wants to see you shine. Come along and wake up with a cup of Jess. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Love Your Woo podcast. We have a really special and fun podcast for you today. As you know, I'm running the Business Building by Design series on the podcast. And not only do we have one reflector, because we know reflectors are our like sparkly unicorns that are just 1% of the population, I somehow managed to wrangle two reflectors on the podcast today. So I'm really excited because today we have Becca Daly and Juliana James with us, and I'm going to read through each of their bios and then we'll, we'll go on with the show. So Becca is a three, five reflector and a human design business mentor who loves combining energy and strategy to help you unlock your magnetism and bring your vision to life. Becca uses human design along with conscious business and marketing strategies to help you throw out the rules and do business in your own way. And Juliana is an eternal student at the knees of self-awareness and growth, a three, five reflector in love with the observation of others. She holds space like none other in all ways. She will lead you inward to your own knowing ever guiding you back home to yourself. Ladies, thank you so much for being with me tonight. This is awesome. Mm, Thanks for having us. Yeah. We're so excited. Yeah. And the other part that I feel like is just wild is that you're both three fives, which is really, really cool. So, um, I would love to just kick it off with a little bit about the type of work that you ladies are doing and how you came together to create what you're creating. So whoever wants to kick us off. Well, maybe do you want to start by how we met? Sure. I feel like that's important. (laughs) Yeah, I can tell that story. So, okay. In, um, I will give a little premise to the story, like the background, but in 2019 or even 18, it was a long time ago. I had come across human design. I didn't know really what it was on a retreat with some other women. And I'm sure we'll circle back to this at some point. Um, and I, they asked me, what is your human design? I told them I, I, I hadn't known. I didn't know. So they had me look it up and everybody was, you know, chatting over dinner and you know how women do, you know, there's eight women in the room and everybody's talking as I'm looking this up. And I, I said, Oh, I'm a reflector. And the room just stopped. They're like, Jules, this is important. <laughs> and I didn't really take it seriously. I, I didn't know much about human design in general, and I wasn't very interested. I was running a yoga studio that I owned, and I was, you know, I'm a busy mom of three. I just was occupied elsewhere. So about a year later, I had approached a friend of mine who was doing very well in business, and she's a manifester, uh, and she's Manifest Mad Money. Her name is Yolanda. And so she's a good friend of mine that I had met at that retreat. And I said, how are you doing it? Like, you're killing it tell me your secrets. I need to know because I was kind of hitting a brick wall in my marketing, in my business. And I just felt like I couldn't get it going. And she said, you don't need me. She's so sassy, you know, the manifester. You don't need me. You need a human design coach, figure out your design, go there. And so I put in Instagram, no joke, human design coach, and then started, you know, it pulls up all the tags And I started scrolling through and there's a lot of famous accounts. And I was like, no, no, no. And I was doing it based on my own like inner knowing. And I came across a page and I saw this beautiful face and Becca actually doesn't have a whole lot of pictures of herself on her Instagram. And so I had just by chance come across a picture of her in these like short overalls. And I was like, oh, that's my person. Like I just 
I knew that I knew, and I actually have gate 44, mm-hmm. which is the gate of like knowing, like when you, when you meet someone and you know, and I guess I've had the same feeling with you, Jess, when we kind of chatted on in the DMs, like when you come across somebody and you just know that they're your person, like that you can connect. Um, when I know, I know. So Becca and I started chatting and that was, um, how long ago, Becca? Was it last summer? Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't, and you didn't know that I was a reflector, let alone a three, five reflector. I had no idea. So I had no idea that she was a reflector and I didn't know even what three, five meant. And so it turns out that Becca's chart and my chart are very similar. We have different uh, keys, like our the, gates. those gates. Yeah, the gates are different. Uh, and then it turns out that when you put the two together, we make like a fully defined being. So it's just very interesting. Yeah. So that was really magical. And we like connected and we did, we swapped sessions. So like I did a reading for her and then she did a session for me, which blew my mind. And, um, and then the more we got to know each other, we were like, oh, we are literally the same person. Um, we're the same, but also like our differences really beautifully complement each other. So our friendship grew. And then in like December or January or whatever, we just started talking about, oh, let's do like something together. And then one thing led to another and we, you know, basically decided to create this program together. And, and as, you know, as we went along quickly, I I realized like, oh, the thing that's been missing in my business is you, like you have been the thing that's been missing. And I don't think everybody needs a partner. Like there's plenty of solopreneurs that like are great and it's whatever, but I literally feel like my business and her business were like two puzzle pieces that were meant to be together. Like we say we're business married or like we're, we're business soulmates. I also just feel like we're friend soulmates too. Um, and so we, we decided to create this program together. Um, and the first iteration of it is running now and it's called the vision. Um, and really what we wanted to do is, you know, we've been in the business world for a while. Um, uh, and, like, you know, we've noticed this gap where people focus a lot on strategy, but there's not as much support for like the energetics and the emotions and all of the like inner, inner world stuff that goes on. Um, and through our three, five trial and erroring, we, we, you know, have come to realize that like, that's the stuff that really matters. The strategy stuff is easy, but if you're letting your like limiting beliefs and your wounds and your whatever running your behavior, it's going to just run you in circles forever. And it's exhausting because we did it. So we wanted to make a program that basically like provided you with the strategic help, but more importantly, like laid the foundation of really doing the inner work that you need to do to kind of get out of your own way, essentially. So that when it's time to do the strategy, it's just like easy and you actually do the thing. So the vision is running right now. It's, we're about to enter month two of three and it's been like so fun. (laughs) There's so many things that I love about what you just shared. And one of them is like, I feel like we so often hear with reflectors, how important it is to be around the right people. And like, I feel like you just being like, you're like my business person. Like they, we were missing. I just got this feeling of like, just that environment that you need to cultivate to like, as a reflector, from what I understand from my knowledge, I'm obviously not one, so I can never fully understand the embodiment of it, but that feeling of like, you need the right people around you and the right environment and how important that is. So I would love to hear from each of you around, like, what have you discovered are your strengths as a reflector? Um, whether it's in the business space or even just in life in general. I, okay. So I've realized that mm, my strengths are in seeing past the surface. And I think understanding that I was a reflector, understanding what that meant to me, identifying as a reflector took some time. And now what I realize is it's quite validating because it makes so much sense. And then as that validation allows itself to sit in my heart, then I can access the point of transformation so much easier. Now it's, it's incomparable to last year. So what I do 
uh, in sessions in my business and in my life is that I'll hear someone, I'll, I'll be in communication with them and I can hear their words, but what I'm actually doing is perceiving stuff underneath. I also have the gate of sensitivity, the 19th. So I'm under here the whole time and their words are almost like inconsequential. Like they don't really matter as much as you would assume they would because they're telling me a story about what's standing in their way from them growing their heart aligned business or you know even in communication with my friends or my children i'm hearing the words but i'm feeling the human so um, being a reflector has offered me the validation of understanding that this is a true gift and also understanding that sometimes when i feel a certain way it's actually not mine it's not mine to feel. It's like, I feel it, but it's, I didn't create it in my own body. <laughs> I'm actually pulling it from my environment. And so to circle back to that conversation about environment and about choosing the right people, it's also given me the opportunity and the permission to make sure that my environment and the people that I'm near are exactly what my body needs. And that's what I've done over the last year is cultivated a space that is truly in line with who I am as a human being. And now my life is so expansive, I can't even describe compared to last year, um, just standing in the truth of that. Mm. Yeah, the sensitivity and like feeling others, I, I very much feel too. Um, I'd say some other things also that I love about being a reflector now that I didn't used to love, that I now see as gifts are, like, you know, anyone with an undefined G center too can relate to the whole, like having a sort of chameleonic kind of identity. And I've always been like that. I've all, every year I am a different person. Like if you don't see me for a year and you see me, you're going to be like, Whoa, what are you doing? And I used to think that that meant, I don't know, like I didn't have my own personality or I was fake. Like I would just take on the personality of whoever was around me. But now that I understand the reflector and I understand what it means to sample, to be here, to sample things, I, I see it as like, as reflectors, we are here to experience what it is like to be human in like every way we possibly can. And that is so cool to me. Um, and as soon as I drop the shame around, like you have to figure out who you are and then just be that for the rest of your life. Um, it's really opened up a lot of like creativity and fun and surprise, which is what we love as a reflector. Um, I also have found like being a reflector and a three, five, I, I'm a very good problem solver. Like if I come in, I'm a good evaluator and I've been like this and I know Jules, you can relate to this too. And every job I've ever been in, I can go in and I can be like, this is off. This is this problem. This person's upset about this. And it's frustrating when people don't always like want to hear all of those things. Um, but uh, it's something that, yeah, that discernment, I very much uh, feel deeply. And it's just about having the right environment to share your wisdom from your discernment, which we do in, in our business. Like we're able to work with people who give us the invitation to share those things. So that's really feels good. Oh, I love this conversation. I'm just like thinking to myself in this moment, this other, like I'm absorbing everything that you're saying. And then I'm thinking about this gift of no other type knows what it feels like to be every single human design type. Like I could, I know what it could feel like to be a manifesting generator. That's it. You know, if you're a, a projector, you know, you might have days where you know what it feels like to be a manifester because of where channels and everything are connected. And it really starts to bring me out into this sort of bird's eye view of this new paradigm that we're walking into, where we're creating this new economy. We're creating new ways of working. We're creating new ways of relating. Like we're breaking down the old structures and what a gift it is to be able to kind of be able to relate to different people and different types and to be able to, um, yeah, know what it feels like maybe one day with the transits to be like, yeah, yesterday I had a ton of energy and maybe today, like I'm it's, you know, where things are lining up, I'm a little bit more of a projector. And so it feels to me like it could almost give you this leg up of being able to relate to a lot of different people and are like in their energy and how their energy operates. Um, 
just based upon like how your own makeup is and what a beautiful way to be able to lead and guide multiple people within, you know, a, a, um, a group program or coaching or however, you know, you're serving people. What an amazing way to be able to, to serve, to be able to have that relatability in some kind of way. I love what you just said, because I feel like it goes to, you know, it lends itself to the compliment that we are, we fall in love with almost every single person we come across. <laughs> and I say we, because Becca and I are honestly almost the same person are, <sighs> I've never morphed into another human being as much and, and felt the, because we're so fluid, it feels very easy. And there's some relationships that feel more difficult because we don't have that fluidity, whereas Becca and I do. And when we come across the different people in our program, I truly can feel their feelings as the 19th, you know, gate would suggest that gate of sensitivity. And what's more than that is that we also in that program do one-on-one. So we, it was very important to us that there's a group dynamic that they are able to communicate with each other because we need manifestors. We need generators. We like every single one, we have like a, a special snowflake projector in the group who's a mental, mentally projected projector. Mental, yeah. yeah. Said it right. Mental <laughs> um, projector. Yeah. And, and we need all of these people and the group that it cultivates is so beautiful, but we also do one-on-ones to be able to facilitate this space where we can truly just reflect that, that one human being and feel into who they are and then bring it back to the group. So it's like a truly unique experience and you're right. We, we do have the ability to feel in to each individual person and the days are so drastically different sometimes the hours and oftentimes it hits us at the same time will be ultra goofy and we're like we should go live now because we're just being so fucking ridiculous <laughs> sorry am i is yeah, that you're good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Um, and there's other times where um you know today was a, a more emotional day for me it was super tender and very slow and kind of muddy And so if you think about that, you know, I'm sure if we were to really understand the alignment and where the the sun and moon is in this world, we've we've moved into some emotional capacity, emotional authority. Um, And it's really fascinating. Absolutely. The the sun is actually in the gate 51 today. And it's really interesting because that's the gate of shock or the gate of initiation. And I feel like I'm looking at, I was looking at Instagram today and I'm like, I could see it in people's posts that they were putting out. I was like, oh, I see, I see this. And it's interesting because just before we popped on this call, my um, vocation in human design is in the gate 51. And so the vocation has a lot to do with um, this energy that you're sort of here to initiate in the world. Vocation, the, the, in the Pearl sequence, which I've talked about on the podcast so people will probably know, but it has to do with how you're designed to create prosperity in the world. And so mine is uh, the, your vocation, the sphere of vocation aligns with the energy of the 51 for all people, because it invites us to take this leap, it invites us to go out. It's where typically our core wound is, is in our sphere of vocation. And interestingly enough, mine is in the 51 and this, like, I swear I, cause I knew the 51 was this week I just like dropped in and was like, oh my God, I got a totally new transmission of this. Like I understand this in a completely different way because of how it's sitting and where it's sitting. And so anyways, all of that to say, um, I think it's, it's like very interesting too, that I, I feel like you guys have created a lot of intentionality around what you've done. Like, as you were talking about, like, it was important to us to have this, it was, and it, it feels like you're, you're really, um, intentional about the spaces you create and the energy that you're cultivating within the space down to like the, the smaller details of the work you're doing. It like feels very clean to me. That's the word. That's the word that we use a lot is clean, That like how, how we work together, it feels clean and, and intentionality is, is really important for us. And I, I think I'm proud of how often we like kind of, cause you can get so caught up in the, Oh, we got to do this. We got to do that. But I, I am really happy with how often we kind of go, all right, hold on. Let's like, just stop and like, look at what we're doing and just make sure that we're being 
as intentional as possible with, um, yeah, how we're spending our days and like what we're doing and, um, the actions that we're taking and how we structure our program. And, and it feels good. It feels good to do that. Becca has some, some gates that are really associated with excellence and that has really lended itself to us being able to approach this in a different way. And she's really taught me so much where sometimes I lead in certain areas. Um, Becca leads in the excellence department. So slowing down, looking at our schedule, looking at, you know, the, the things that we need to do and click up planning our days, being very strategic, these things that some people would assume are not a part of the reflector life because we are so fluid and so open. She really, um, challenges and confronts that. And I think what we're doing as a whole challenges and confronts the notion that reflectors aren't supposed to do very well in business or have a job. You know, Mm -hmm. there's some of that notion out there that we're supposed to be these like wise souls that people come to. And, um, you know, if it was an ideal situation, but we love our business. So, we're really grateful to be able to do this work. And I guess in an ideal world, you know, we'd sit in our little temples and people would come to us for (laughs) wisdom, but that's not how it's working. And I think we've taken the best of this world and everything that's existing. And we've worked together to create something that we were proud of. I love how you put that because I do think it can be a bit confusing. And this is where probably the third line experience as well if you know for anybody who's not familiar third lines it's all about trial and error and so and and we'll t- I'll talk we'll talk a little bit about gene keys in a little bit um because I just love this stuff but um you both have that third line in your son which is actually all about humor and being able to bring lightness to the process and not taking life so seriously because you know we fall down we have to get back up and um I'm, I'm curious if, oh, what I was going to say is in terms of like, even just looking at gates and, and looking at the experiment of all this, if we just take type too seriously and we're like, well, I'm a manifester. So all I'm here to do is initiate. I love that idea in my my business, but the truth of the matter is like, I wouldn't have clients if all I did was initiate. I have to be able to to do more than just that. And again, I think the different configurations, you know, I've met, I have a friend I'm going to be teaching in her class tomorrow night. She has a defined head and Ajna. She has an open G center and she's got, I think the spleen to the throat and the, the, um, emotional solar plexus to the throat. And it's like, there's certain things about us that are similar, but like we are super different, you know, our charts are not very similar and she's doing something very different than what I'm doing. And so I think when we get too caught up in the label and we don't come back down to earth and come into our own experience and our own truthfully experiment with this, like it can become overly heady and confusing and then dogmatic mm-hmm. and then different people are teaching in different ways. So then it's like confusing in and of itself. So I think it's kind of the question of like, where does the rubber meet the road? You know, where do I allow myself to take the knowledge and then also allow myself to integrate it into everything that I'm doing? Mm, yes. Yeah. That speaks to me so much. And I, I think that this is too, where we bring in some of that line three, like lightness and not taking things so seriously, because the way that we use human design in our program and the way that we look at it is it's a tool. It's not like if you don't follow your authority one day, you're not going to die, you know, and people sometimes treat human design like that. And it's just, it's a tool that Ra literally said, you're supposed to experiment with, play with it, like see how it feels. And that's definitely, I think how we um, approach it. But yeah, also like every person is so nuanced. Every chart is so nuanced, but also each human is not just their chart. They're like the culmination of everything else, their whole life experiences. And I, I do like us confronting the sort of traditional archetype of what the reflector is because yeah, first of all, all reflectors are still different people, but we, we work a lot and we have, we love it. And we have gate, we both have gate 54, I think a few times, um, the gate of drive ambition, like we're really ambitious. We enjoy work and I don't know. And I hear people say like, Oh, reflectors just should like sleep all day or whatever. And then 
give advice for an hour at night. And it's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> totally. It's funny. I, I remember when I bought my last car, I asked this, this sales guy, this finance guy I was like, what do you do for a living? And I was like, well, I do this thing. Do you know what time you're born? And he was a reflector. And oh. I, it's funny because my idea of reflectors as well is like, especially because you guys are so open. I never see, I almost see reflectors as having an intensity to them because they are, um, like I have another friend whose husband was like a Marine Corps, like army general, like something, he's just something. And he's like really intense and loves to work and loves what he does. So it's funny because again, even addressing these different ideas within the, uh, human design world, I'm like, I, I feel like reflectors, there's almost a, yeah, like there's a passion, there's an intensity, there's yeah, a lot, of, a lot more than just sitting in a cave somewhere. So, um, I'm curious for either of you, like I know for myself as a manifester, there were definitely challenges in the nine to five working world that I felt like it was really hard for me to keep up, you know, especially uh, I was a speech therapist when I first started my career. So I'm, I'm curious for either of you, if, if there was anything that was really challenging for you when you were perhaps in a different career, or if you changed careers, um, that's been really like, you've been able to make this shift into having your own business now and, and been able to kind of shift that out of whatever that challenge was. So I'd love to hear, yeah. Any experiences? Well, how many hours do you have? <laughs> do we have many, um, the, the, the challenge of the reflector is that like Becca said that she might not be the same person in tomorrow, let alone next year is that we often, uh, change very quickly. And this is something that we both had to get over the shame of is this notion that we're not going to be consistent all the time. We're not the type that's going to work in the same corporate industry for 20 years. And, um, I, I definitely confronted a lot of these, um, challenges within my own self. And then I felt good about it on my own. But then when I would try to explain to someone my new endeavors, you know, then, then all of the identity crisis, like who the fuck am I would pop up because I'm like changing constantly. But in the corporate world, the biggest issue that I saw was what Becca had mentioned earlier is that we can immediately see the dissonance within almost days of being in a new environment. We know where the trouble is coming from. We can we can sense the um, the discord. We know where the conflict is arising. We know who's happy and who's not. Uh, we can we can feel into you know sadness sometimes, depression and anxiety. These are things that I have felt within the corporate industry about people, and like I can feel their feelings and that can be tr challenging because we're also, you know, a, a worker within that corporation. So we're not there to consult or to fix. So having that information, but not being able to address it or even tell someone what we see sometimes, because if it's not invited uh, or, or if there's no authority to speak on it, they might be even rejecting or resisting that information and that can be so challenging that we we genuinely have to change course. Like I've left jobs being like, I know I can't help here. They're not interested in my help. I got to get out of here. It's hard to explain to somebody in a corporate industry that's like a very three-dimensional, like A plus B equals C kind of environment. Um, so that has been my greatest challenge. And I know Beck has had her own too. Yeah. I absolutely have struggled with that. And I think probably the number one thing has been that, and not in every single job, but in my more recent one, my few most recent ones, I sense that nobody's happy. And I don't want to make that blanket statement because like there are some people who work a nine to five and they love it and they're totally satisfied and that's amazing. But in my experience, most of the people that I've worked with in the traditional nine to five settings they're not happy. They're like living, they're not living the life they want to live, but they don't even know that something else is possible. And it's just this like kind of latent 
sort of sadness and like melancholy and dissatisfaction feelings and but but also the feeling of like this is just how it is like you know this is just what you got to do and then when I would my last job I would come home and I would cry and like before I'd go in I would just cry because I was like I'm so sad here I go in and I sit at a fucking computer for seven hours like what and it's nice outside and I'm in here like I was just so sad and and my I, my parents are great, but they're, you know, in the, a different generation and they kind of were like, well, you're, you got a job in your field and what you got a degree in, you have good health insurance. Like this is kind of just how it is. And, and I reject that because I'm like, no, like this isn't it. You think this is how it is, but this isn't how things have to be like. And I just had, I've had this deep sense of like, this is not the way humans are supposed to live. Like there's something deeply wrong with this lifestyle. And it just, it like ate away at me. And that's really what pushed me to be doing this because I was like, I need to like start my own business and then help set other people free from this basically. <laughs> I feel like the, I don't want to say like the coaching industry, cause that's a very loaded term that can mean a lot of different things especially in this day and age, but I'm like, I really feel like the gifts that you guys have really like lend you lend. I don't want to say lend you to being like in that space of being the healer and the coach and the guide. And, you know, maybe in a traditional sense, maybe not in a traditional sense, but I feel like, yeah, these gifts, the, the, the being able to sense into the subtlety and probably a reflector could be a corporate situation's worst nightmare in all truth, because of the fact that so much is often going on beneath the surface and how often do, you know, people go into a corporate situation and go, okay, I've got to shut off everything. I got to shut off my emotions and I just need to, which is it, it just work. And I just need to output and I just need to get my vacation and I'm going to drink a glass of wine tonight and tomorrow, everything will be okay. And again, not that this is every corporate situation, but a lot of people, you know, we learn it's just normal to shut off who we are so that we can work. I remember when I got my first job out of college, I was like, oh my God, like I, this is the end of life. Like I got to be in college and have fun and like do all the things I love to do. And now I have to show up and like turn myself off for seven, eight hours a day. So I can imagine that in a corporate situation and in a job that would be a really could potentially be a very intense space as a projector to inhabit. And then on top of it, the fact that you're both three fives and three fives often find themselves in situations of change in general. So it's almost like you've got the reflector aspect of changing and growing and shifting. And then you layer that three, five on top of it, that also like experiments and changes and, and um, kind of is meant to learn in that way. I could see where, in our current culture that could create some, I don't want to say dissonance. I guess that's the best word. It's like dissonance. It's like, this is who I am, but this is not who I'm supposed to be based upon the world that we've been told we're supposed to live in. It's just like, it's just like a roller coaster. The being the line three and being a reflector. It's just like, what is going to happen next? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. It's funny. I feel I've been doing all of these podcasts with different types, right? And obviously our charts all align in certain ways in our energies, but it's funny because as I'm sitting here with you guys, I feel such a different energy. And I had another, I had a client once who was a reflector, um, probably about a year ago. And there would be times I would just sit in her energy and I would get clarity as I was talking to her. And I'm like, I just think there's something in the aura that like sampling aura that like, I feel like I'm having, even just being in your energy, little downloads coming through as you're talking, which just feels really cool. So thanks. My, my, you're welcome. And (laughs) my intuitive, like I have an intuitive kind of mentor that I see every so often that works in kind of the Akashic fields and like, we talk about woo, she's in the woo field. And uh, when I'm with her, she's, she said to me something so beautiful and I've never resonated deep, more deeply with a statement. She said, when you're awake and when you're with people, you are constantly working, like just being near them, you're working because your body is 
helping them to change. And that was something that actually helped me to get clear about my messaging, but also to validate my own experience of being a reflector and a coach and a guide and a mentor. Because for a long time, I was stuck in this cycle of like having to prove myself as my worth in the coaching industry. And what I recognize now, the gift I have as a reflector is like me showing up is actually good enough. Um, and, and, you know, everything after that, there is some moral equity. I do make sure that I adhere to, you know, service to others and helping them. And as I grow in my experience, I, I tend to be better and better over years. You know, I become a better coach in time and just being near someone does often create this place of clarity. And, and to me for a long time, that would have sounded vain to even admit, you know, I would have felt like, oh God, saying to somebody like being near me is good enough, you know, it's, it's kind of challenging. And in the end, it's the truth. And I have to just allow that to be real in our communication. Okay. So that just cut out. Can you uh, repeat that last part about like, that would seem in vain, but yeah. Yeah. So a long time ago, that would have that would have seemed vain to me to say to somebody as a kind of selling feature of being in my presence or like having me guide them. It would have seemed vain to say, just being near me is going to create clarity for you. And maybe I wouldn't use those exact words uh, in, in explaining to somebody, but what I will say is that, you know, being, being near my presence, what I'm going to help you to do is to come home to yourself. You're going to see yourself in a completely different way because you're able to see the truth with, with that clean energy. And then the gift of the reflector also is this kind of prophetic vision. So we have the ability to see what's possible for you. Should you do the work essentially? which is yeah. a challenge when somebody chooses not to do the work. Cause you're like, come on, I can see what's possible. Um, and when they're ready, this is why we guide visionaries and you kind of, we ask that you come with a concept of yourself that says, I know that I have something to bring to the world because if you don't have that ability yet, that's okay. But that's going to be more challenging for us to help you. So what we ask when people come to us for the work, you know, to be able to grow their heart aligned business, we ask that they have a vision because once they have that vision and, and have an understanding that they're here to do work in the world, we can take that and we can expand it based on our own abilities, but also based on our business knowledge for the last like collective 10 years, we can help you grow a business. If you've got at least something inside you that is saying, I know that I was put on this planet to serve others. I want this. Then you're our people, you know, and that's, that's the gift of being a reflector. Yeah. Beautifully put. Definitely. And I would love to, if you guys are okay with it, just kind of touch quickly on your gene keys and talk a little bit about the pearl sequence. Now I always preface this in all of the podcasts is that your the pearl sequence and the gene keys in general are not designed to be done in a reading format. Like you can bring them to somebody and you can share them, but they're definitely meant to be meditated and contemplated on. So we're meant to take the energies. Like we can re obviously read them for somebody and go through their profile and talk about what the energies mean, but they're not meant to be memorized. They're not meant to be like kind of taken out of that context. They are meant to be, you know, sat with contemplated on and to allow the energies to actually move through you in a deeper way, because as they are called gene keys, they are meant to unlock something inside of you. And so um, I was looking at yours today and I was looking at specifically when we look at the pearl sequence, there's four different, um, spheres in the pearl sequence that relate to and connect with the different gates, uh, well, the different planets. And then each planet has its own gate that aligns with the gene keys. And so when we look at, um, Juliana, just looking at yours, you know, your brand, your personality, son, what you're here to kind of shine, that's what you're here to shine to the world. What people are here to see and receive from your energy is that energy of sensitivity mm -hmm. in its shadow, it's codependence. Mm -hmm. And in its, its gift expression, it's, um, 
sensitivity and it's this ability to be able to, um, claim our power, right. And to, um, really be able to like, look at somebody else's behavior mirror back and see, like, you know, be able to see what somebody else's behavior might be, but to like, choose ourselves to choose our needs in that moment and not to, yeah, go into those codependent patterns of, of using that sensitivity to merge or connect, but to truly be able to choose ourselves in the moment and honor the fact that our sensitivity is a gift. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would love to hear any thoughts from you as we go. You can feel free to chime in if you feel called, otherwise I'll just keep flowing. Um, looking at your vocation and the vocation is often where our core wound is. Um, and it's here, we're meant to continue to explore this energy and to keep taking leaps into the unknown, um, through this energy. Often we're also activating this in our lives, in our field with other people. And this is the energy of the 47, which is transmutation. So in its lower expression, it's oppression in the shadow it's oppression and then the gift it's transmutation and in the city it's transfiguration and what i love about this is the it's it's exactly what you were talking about it's the energy of surrender but also allowing ourselves to quantum leap you said before about visionaries like if you bring your vision to me i can help you with your vision right and this is the energy of like being able to transmute what's underneath the surface, being able to make that quantum leap, being able to go the distance um, and to be able to look at our limitations, not as uh, fixed things, but actually as something that we can, we can shift and change and, and move through. I feel, I feel like this comes up a lot in relationships, like uh, in more intimate relationships with a partner or even deep friendships. Um, I often see this in others, this ability to, I can almost see what, what needs to transpire. I, it's not even see, it's a hard concept to explain, but I can see that the transformation that can happen and I can see the potential of this human being. And, um, this is very much speaking to experiences that I've had with humans and, uh, it's really beautiful. Oftentimes our, um, vocation that design Mars makes us get uncomfortable, like over and over and over again to embody that energy, right. It makes you have to continue to take a leap. So it might not be comfortable within a relationship to invite somebody into transmuting and changing and healing, um, their own limitations and looking inside of themselves. Right. So the, the whole idea of our vocation as I understand it, is that it's meant to keep pushing us out into the world. And there could be, I'm just thinking in my mind about being a reflector and having that ability to see beneath the surface, what could be going on with somebody, right? And to keep inviting them into that transmutation and that healing, there could be wounding around that. Like it could be a core wound if there's been rejection around it in the past, or it's not been accepted as one of your gifts, for example. And then it's interesting because your Jupiter, uh, your design Jupiter, which is your culture. And this is what is designed to call the right. It's the energy you embody that's designed to call the right people into your work essentially. And it's the gift of patience. So in its, in its shadow form, it's, uh, in patience in its gift form, its patience, and in its city, which is the kind of highest transcendent ex, uh, expression, its timelessness. Um, and so it's interesting because it's this idea of progress, making progress through being patient. I'm curious your relationship to that word. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. I'm learning. Uh, I, I think that this has been what I would have called an emotional maturity uh, evolution over the last two years of my business. I've really shifted this and 
have been learning, particularly when it comes to business. We've just done our Q2 analysis of the, you know, what we've had going on since the beginning of the year, and then our projections for next year. And how I hold that is based in patience now. I feel like I'm embodying that more now than I've ever embodied it before. But traditionally, I was living in the shadow of impatience consistently. I'm also an Aquarius. I fucking go. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't uh, like to mess around. And like, sometimes when I'm waiting for someone, I'm kind of like, yeah, 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 let's go. You know, like, so that, that shadow of impatience, I think is very much um, something that I have fallen to at my most immature stages of my evolution. And now as I'm growing in who I am, the patience becomes more real. And now when I see the impatience in other people, I almost am like, Ah, young grasshopper. (laughs) When, when, you know, some of our clients are like next month, I need to make, I need 50 grand. Yeah. 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 And you're just like, okay, well that's okay. You know, and we're going to set us up for the longevity. This is a, a marathon, not a sprint. And so Um, I love that. And it also confronts me a little bit. And so I'm really grateful for that. Well, and the beautiful thing with this too, is if we look at the culture in general, you just described it beautifully with your clients, which is you're meant to teach people how to cultivate patience with themselves. Right. So we look at this life's work, the brand, what's outward facing to the world, what's shining is this ability to get comfortable with our own sensitivity and to not fall into perhaps codependent patterns, but to really embody the gifts that come from our own unique sensitivities. And then you're inviting people, you know, through the vocation, which is kind of, to me, it's like what we do, you know, it's what we serve to people is to transmute, to, to quantum leap, to look at our limitations and then how you grow is, is through teaching people to be patient with themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And the gift that comes from that, the pearl is the gift of naturalness. And it's the gate 10, which is, we think about self-love and what's really cool with this is in its lower expression in the shadow, it's, um, self-obsession. Like we become obsessed with ourselves and fixing ourselves. And, and this is actually a a practice of softness and playfulness and allowing and, and allowing life to work through and move through us, which I feel like I see in your Instagram personally. I'm like this to me, when I saw this, I was like, this feels like you and like where you're, you're headed and what you've been embodying from a non-reflector to a reflector. That's what I'm going to reflect to you. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. And I feel that I feel that naturalness and the self-obsession part. I have to talk about that shadow really brief because I've been in a stage of, you know, big changes, big tra- transformations, you know, leaving, uh, completing a partnership of many years, coming into my single dumb, feeling what that looks like. And I can feel myself. I went into the shadow of impatience and now I'm starting to slow down and go, whoa, 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 that's too much. And then also the shadow of self, self-obsession at, at my worst, I can get very like, okay, so I need to take, you know, I'm like booking appointments for clinical estheticians and like considering work done and all these things that aren't actually a part of my natural way of being in the world. But at my worst, when I'm distracted and impatient, I become a little self-obsessed. And so that very much resonates. And the naturalness is typically where I live. So it feels so resonant. Everything you're saying is like bang, bang on. Interesting too, you're entering back out into that world and you're probably reflecting a little bit of what it looks like at this point as well, where people are like, got to get the nails and the, this and the, that, and the other thing, which aren't, there's nothing wrong with that, but there's also a certain like look of the century. I think that's happening right now or a vibe, you know, that's going on. So, um, kind of interesting. And I love that naturalness is the gift. Like it's the naturalness of being exactly who you are. Obviously this is through how we create prosperity. I personally think relationships are an aspect of prosperity in our lives as well. But, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting to, again, I have to say like when we, when we look at the gene keys, it's really about taking the information and sitting with it, but kind of just, yeah, feeling into how it plays out in your life. Mm-hmm. And Becca, your brand is, um, 
your the again a, the brand it's your life's work it's what's shining out to the world it's what other people see is the gift of graciousness and what's interesting about the gift of grace graciousness this is a very loaded if you read about this gene key there's a <laughs> lot in there um but what i love about it it's dishonor and its shadow graciousness and the gift and then grace in the city and it's really about being able to face our own wounds and look inward. And it has a lot to do with the emotional current of life and being okay, becoming okay with our emotions, understanding they're like a passing experience. I love when people react. Yeah. This sounds like it's been a conversation for you guys (laughs) today. Yeah. 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 So it's like teaching, really showing people uh, again, it's the sun, it shines. It's like showing people that, um, emotions come and go and how we honor ourselves and how we show ourselves grace is what's most important. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love the gate 22. And when I learned about this, I was like, "Mm." like part of it, I was like, oh yeah, that's totally me. Like in the gene keys, when I just read about it in the book, it says like everything you do, you do with the consideration of others. And I was like, oh yeah, that's my life. Um, and I very much related to like the creativity and being drawn to like art and music and nature and whatever, but this whole piece with the emotions, I'm like, and because then Jules is laughing. Cause like, I, this is my area of learning. I, I really, really struggle with emotions. Like all of the, that like emotional solar plexus shadow stuff of like avoiding truth and confrontation. It is like, oh my God, my, (laughs) the bane of my existence, but it's like my most beautiful lesson. And so this year I've really been like venturing into the emotional landscape more after realizing like, oh, I'm not very in touch with my emotions. I think I had the facade that I was because I will intellectually understand my feelings and my thoughts. Like I, I will figure them out in my brain and like analyze them. And I think that that is good enough, but that has nothing to do with feeling them. So I'm just kind of this year, like venturing into learning how to just feel and accept my feelings in my body and feel safe doing that. And Jules has been like the literal, like my lifesaver with that. Cause I wouldn't have been able to do it without her. Cause it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> what I love is this literally leads directly into the vocation, which is the core wound which is again, like the work you're here to do is the 62, which in its shadow is intellect, right? Intellectualizing all of the things. And in its gift, it's the gift of precision, which is really about allowing the heart to lead and the mind, the heart to lead and the mind to serve the heart and to be really tapped in and tuned into that. Um, And there was a quote that I love, which is like love rooted in service to the whole. Right. So it's like really being able to move from that heart-based place. But the, I spoke to somebody else. I just did another podcast interview on somebody else's podcast and she had the 62 as well. And she's like, I've got like a quote for everything, a book that can go with it. Like I could bring it up here. I can understand it from a mental perspective, but it's that allowing yourself to, my friend Thomas says, um, dip into the heart space, hot tub of like feeling whatever it is that needs to be felt in the moment. Um, So I love that. That's so funny. (laughs) That's so funny. And the 62, like how I've understood it in human design, I've heard someone call it like a mental filing cabinet. It's like a very kind of like organizational, a mental organizational energy. And I think this is where I bring some of my, this stuff to our business. Like if you look at our, our Milano, it's like everything is in its own little list in its own little category. And, um, I, yes, I very much am like, in my, my mind is like, but it's, it's the, yeah, like you said, dipping in, but that's really how we, we talk about it. Sometimes it's like, you just got to let yourself kind of dip in and then, then you can come back up for air, but you have to let yourself like dip in there. Totally. Yes, totally. And that's what it's beautiful because I feel like kind of like what you guys were saying earlier about like the fact that your business in your business, like you are very organized and, and you, you know, you like having the checklist and all that, like it does start to bring in some of the understanding, I think as well of like, yeah, you're two reflectors 
and your energies are very different and you've expressed very different things, even on the podcast about sort of what your own zones of genius are, what you love or what feels good for you. And so your, um, your culture, which also is your, is the gift, um, is the, in the gate 48 or the gene key 48. And so it's in its shadow, it's inadequacy and it's gift, it's resourcefulness. And then in it's in the city, it's wisdom. And what I love about this is there is a real connection to the material world with the gate with the gene key 48. Um, and I think the biggest hallmark that stands out to me in this is this willingness to face the unknown and know that you will have everything that you need if you step out in a direction that you're perhaps unsure of, which again, when I think of the culture is like what you're, you're teaching other people, you're showing other people through your work and what's calling them in is like, and how nice the way that the two of yours, the two of you sort of have these cultures that are, um, complementary to each other, right? Like Juliana's like patience, having the patience to, to keep going and to keep showing up. And from a human design perspective, I think of the gate five is consistency. And then, you know, with you, Rebecca, it's like being able to know that you will, like, if you face the unknown, if you take a step out, you will have everything that you need. You will have the resourcefulness to make it happen, et cetera. So I love how yours actually really compliment, they complement each other very nicely in the workspace. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. yeah. I feel that so deeply. Like there's just been so much that we can learn from each other and that we can impart to each other and trusting, um, trusting each other. And that's something that we come back to consistently is I trust you. Um, and, and to hear that in a business, the unfortunate part about running a business solo when you're by yourself is that you have to cultivate an enormous amount of self-trust and trust with your team and trust with your decisions. And that can be a challenge just on its own. And then when you present another person with their own wounds and their own shadows, you know, that it can also be an even more difficult path. And we consistently come back to the work I think we're both very dedicated to living in our highest expression and we're both very aware when we're not. And like, mm-hmm. you know, going through a divorce has been a thing over the last 16, we essentially have grown everything that we've grown while I was in process of divorce. And so um, that, you know, that has brought me through the shadow a little bit. And the, the thing we keep coming back to is I trust you and I trust that this is working. And because of that, that trust and, and because of Becca's wisdom and my sensitivity and the patience that I have to grow this, like there's just been so much that can be cultivated and created here. And it's just so great. I love us. I know me too. I love you guys. I love what you're doing. I'm like, I love your little combo, your little reflector, three, five reflector combo. And it's cool too, because I'm sure again, within this, you know, you've also chosen to be in a space with somebody who's here to shine grace out into the world. And so sometimes it's hard to be gracious with ourselves and our emotions and easier to be gracious, you know, with other people as well, which is why it is the life work. It's what we shine, but it's also what we're working on within ourselves at that same time, you know? Um, okay. Tell the good people where they can find you and how they can connect with this next round of your, um, group container. Well, we love to hang out on Instagram. So if you want to just like talk to us, we would love to get a DM from you. Um, so my handle is HD undefined. And mine is Miss Juliana James. So MS Juliana James. And we have our own self-branded like, you know, sides of the internet. We both have our own Instagram and then we come together to make our love child. Uh, and our, our next workshop is called the elevated paradigm. And that one, uh, is about, so when you were talking about this earlier, Jess, and you, you had said about the, you know, a new paradigm, I was all smiles because I was like, wow, this is exactly what we're talking about is the new paradigm of walking towards your evolution and truly understanding who you are. So Becca does the human design element helps to teach you about your own design. And I, you know, get to the inside and help you nurture that inner knowing and come back to the foot of your own practice of yourself. And so that's a workshop that uh, we're actually leading over in June. And 
that's an amazing place to start with us. Amazing. And all this information will be in the the show notes as well. So if you're listening and you can find all their info there. So ladies, thanks so much for being here with me today. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Yeah, We love you. Yeah. It was amazing. Uh, We love you. Awesome. Love you guys too. And everybody else out there. I love you guys. I'll see you back here on the next episode of the love your boo podcast. Make it a great day. Hey, Hey, thanks so much for being here and listening to this episode of the waking up with Jess podcast. If you liked today's episode, I'm going to ask you to do one of three things. Number one, leave a rating. Number two, leave a review. And number three, if you think it could help a friend out in need, go ahead and send it to them. I greatly appreciate your support when you rate the podcast or leave a review. It helps other awesome and amazing listeners such as yourself find the podcast. And I love people and I love friends and I love people's friends. So being able to spread the love through your network is another really great way to support people and to support the show. All right, y'all make it a great day. And I will see you back here on the next episode of the Waking Up With Jess podcast.